0: I know you all have big things that you're planning for this year. Let us help you in being your accountability partner. Uh, We're going to be able to check with you on a monthly basis with our new MAP subscription. We'll follow up with you constantly and stay on top of you to make sure that you execute these big goals you have in store. So go to mydreambigclub.com for more information. Welcome to My Dream Big Club Show, where we look to inspire and motivate you to dream big. And I'm your host, Sean Phillips. We all encounter obstacles that are out of our control, but even in stressful and uncertain situations, you can learn to overcome problems and maximize your chances of success by focusing on the factors that you can control, better known as control the controllables. Today, we're diving back into our conversation with Jonathan Garrett. Jonathan has more than 12 years experience in the oil and gas industry and currently works as the managing director at RS Energy, where he teaches clients how to implement best-in-class analytics to drive better decision-making. Jonathan spoke to us about focusing on things that are within our control and the importance of establishing meaningful, trusting, and supportive relationships with those around us. Every organization and every individual will inevitably face challenges along their journey Jonathan shared solid advice about how to respond in the face of adversity and maximizing our likelihood of success by prioritizing things like showing up early, working hard, and proudly demonstrating your willpower. Jonathan also emphasized the what and the how when it comes to accomplishing goals. Jonathan just doesn't think about crossing the finish line he focuses on all the specific details and processes that go into every single project. Most importantly, he also holds himself accountable and surrounds himself with hardworking and like-minded people who do too. Analyzing metrics is critical in Jonathan's line of work, but his story helps us understand why the key factors such as work ethic and team building typically aren't quantifiable with just numbers. All right, let's hear it from Jonathan. I'm from the
1: Detroit area, so not not a lot of oil and gas are around there, but I was at the University of Michigan at a dinner for, I think it was a scholarship or some type of a, a, award or something to that effect. And I was at the table. And at that point, I was all set to join uh, kind of a standard consulting firm or small engineering company. And the lady at my table said, Jonathan, you know, you have your whole life to work behind a desk. Um, wouldn't it be cool to travel the world? and take helicopters to work. It's kind of like this go army type of speech. And I was asking her, well, like, what are you talking about? Where do you work? And she told me about this company, uh, which I had never heard of called Slumberjay, which is a really, really big oil field services company. And I said, you know what? That sounds really interesting. And I went through the interview process and I found myself on a rig in the Gulf of Mexico taking helicopters, you know, learning the oil and gas business from the bottom up. And, you know, that's how I kind of got into it. You have to learn the what's, the why's, and the how. And then once you have a pretty firm grasp on that, you have more opportunities to, uh, to segue into other parts. I think where people tend to mess up is they quickly want to jump to the C-suite or they quickly want to jump to the top. And you can quickly get out over your skis if you don't know the basic mechanics of the business that you're in. The key, I think, for anyone is to focus on the things that you can control. So you can control what time you get to work, you know, when you leave, to a certain extent, the projects that you work on and how much effort you want to get. Those are the things that you can, you can't control macro economic events or the price of a commodity or layoffs or booms or busts. Those are the things that you can't. So I think the best thing that you can do is focus on uh, making meaningful contributions to the team that you're a part of. And then secondly, uh, making sure that the relationships that you establish with those around you and your wider circle in the industry are as firm as possible because at the end of the day, whether you're in oil and gas or you're in tech or you're in, you know, pharma or healthcare, it doesn't matter. Decisions aren't made per se with computers. Uh, they're made by human beings and the folks like you, they know your drive, they know your work ethic, they know your track record. They're more likely to give you a shot. And I think it can be a little bit, uh, it's easy to have this sort of myopic view. I, I need to work on this project. This is my role but you need to step maybe two steps back and say, what is the bigger picture? Who are people who are decision makers in the space? And how can I do my best to, in earnest, get to know them a little bit better? So in the event that something good or bad you know, happens in life, you have the ability to call on people in your circle to, to support you. Don't show up on time, show up early. Uh, do what you say that you're going to do when you say that you're gonna do it. And whatever your work product is, whether it be a spreadsheet or a PowerPoint, you have to ask yourself, what I feel comfortable having this work product being seen by everyone in my company or by the senior leadership of my organization. And if the answer is, ah, oh, well, you know, kind of maybe, you're not doing it right. Um, I would say there's two major buckets the way that I, I think about career, personal life, and everything in between. Uh, there's the what, and then there's the how. So there's the what is, did you accomplish goal A or task X, Y, and Z? And then there's the how. It's like, what is the method and what, is, what are the traits? Like, how did you go about accomplishing it? And I think sometimes we focus on the what and discount the importance of the how. So for me, I just want to make sure I do right by people, by organizations, by my, my friends and colleagues and everyone in between. But at the same time, I do it in a way that I'm proud of because I think it's easy to get short-sighted to get the win. But if you're trying the, the medium and the long-term game, I think the how comes into play. Because you don't want to work with people or get to know people or be friends and do business with folks that do business consistently the the wrong way. So I think those are my, my two main, main buckets. But I think metrics are, are kind of a tricky thing because not everything can be quantified or there's certainly a lot of qualifications that need to be had when you're sort of collecting feedback. And the best way I think about that is sometimes the best brain surgeon has the worst success rate because she gets the hardest cases to solve. So I think there's a little bit of room for a gray area between, uh, you know, quantitative versus qualitative. But I guess for me, it boils down to the what and the how. Similar to when you get on the airplane, the flight attendant will say, please secure your oxygen mask before assisting others. And I think that one of the first things that one needs to do is making sure that your own oxygen mask is secured. So what does that mean? Um, high interest credit card debt. Um, it has to, you know, before you even have a conversation about investing, you know, you, you can't be paying a, your visa bill at a 20% interest rate. It's just, you know, you're, you have a, a leaky hole in, in, in the bucket. So that's number one. Number two is the idea of an emergency fund. So, you know, no one plans for, or no one expects things to, to go south, but they often do, whether it be a, a car breaks or there's a leaky roof, and you need to have, you know, anywhere between six months to at least 12 months of living expenses In cash, ready to go, just in case you know something tends to pop up. And I think once that debt is down, when I say debt, I mean the high interest debt. And once there's a savings account that's established, then you can start looking at you know things called ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds, uh, where it takes baskets of stocks and allows you to diversify your risk, so you're not single-threaded through you know one or two companies that you saw on the news or you read in the newspaper, um, and then sort of over time, putting consistent amounts of money into broad-based funds that reflect things like the S&P 500, uh, that's tended to be successful over time. Because the way that I look at it is, is this, if the world economy does not continue to grow
0: now and into the future, we certainly have bigger things to worry about. If you want to hear more from our guests, see the show notes to be able to experience the full episode. Dream big and never stop dreaming. But remember, dreams without action are just dreams and often lead to disappointment. So let's get to work. And thank you for listening to my Dream Big Club show. Please leave a review and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whichever podcast app you have. I'm your host, Sheldon Phillips. Take care.